0: We both said that Britain should leave the European Union. We were a rarity. And we had to have, it was a hushed conversation. I I was politically homeless, I think, for quite a long time. Round about the time that everyone started to get a mobile phone in their pocket, they clocked the fact that they're condescended and patronised by a political class that doesn't speak plainly. Globalisation has had winners and losers. Some low-grade spiv parachuted into yeah, yeah, your seat, yeah, yeah. who's done absolutely nothing, and you're expected to vote for them. Should local voters be able to recall their MP if they don't like them? Yeah. <laughs> Long time ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Should I come and tell you? Yeah. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Room for Thought. I'm Douglas Carswell, and today I'm going to be interviewing William Cluston. William, thank you for coming. Pleasure. Well, welcome. Pleasure. now you and I have some history. We do. If you go back 20 years... Yeah, long time. I beat you for the Conservative Party candidacy... You did. ...to be the Tory sacrificial lamb against Tony Blair in the Sedgefield constituency. Correct. I was one of three, <laughs> and they got the best man. Yeah, long time ago. We debated... <coughs> Not against each other, I think. We went one after the other. Yeah. In a pub.
1: Yeah, that's right. In, it wasn't in Sedgefield. It was a smaller place. It was place, Middleton
0: I mean. One Row. That's correct. Yeah, on the banks a... of the River Tees. Tees,
1: that's correct, yeah.
0: And um, now both of us have left the Conservative Party. Yeah. I think you lasted longer than I. It was only four years for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Four <laughs> years flat. So neither we both, we both stood to be the candidate in Sedgefield. Yeah. You're now the leader of the SDP, though. That's How did you end up in the SDP? Well, I was an original member. Uh, uh, there have been three
1: iterations of the SDP. The original, oh, okay. back in 1981. My okay. father was a Labour Party member. Okay. And so there was that sort of original iteration, which was Roy Jenkins and Shirley Williams, David Owen, Bill Rogers. And that lasted until 88, roughly, And when, when there was the merger between the SDP and the Liberals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a Social Democrat. I'm not a, uh, a Liberal of any kind. And I think you are actually, Douglas. We'll a dangerous Liberal. We'll, we'll, get that. That, yeah. we'll get we'll talk on to about that. We'll get on to that. Um, and. Uh, so anyway, I'll cut the, the story down. So you've got Owen's SDP, which I stuck with. Uh, I was actually nominated, I was adopted as a candidate for the European elections in the late 80s. Right. We didn't actually stand, we ran out of money. Okay. But, um, so I stu- stuck with that. Then when Owen left, uh, basically the party was kicked to the grassroots. So everyone basically thought that was it, the SDP. But it wasn't, it kept alive in, in pockets. So a few people yeah, kept the flame. You can't. It's actually virtually impossible to kill a political party. So you've got the branches uh, in places like East Yorkshire and others. So they they stayed around. Uh, and I, I was politically homeless, I think, for quite a long time. Uh, became a Eurosceptic uh, around this. police the same time as we we stood as. Well, I remember having a conversation with you I was so very were both candidates,
0: and we both said that Britain should leave the European Union. We were a rarity. And, and we rarely. had to have. It was a hushed conversation. Yes. It it, it was it was almost like a. A, 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 a it, guilty, a guilty was,
1: secret. The number of people who openly were Eurosceptic in the Tory Party oh. was very, very small. Well, they would all
0: say they were Eurosceptic, but that yeah, meant that was the definition was different. That, that yeah. meant not wanting to join the Euro next year. Exactly, they weren't <laughs> No, it's
1: astonishing. And, and, and Rodney Atkinson had the thing. I don't know if you, you remember the South Malton Declaration, which That's I stu- which I uh, signed. Very, very few people would openly say they wanted to actually leave the European Union. Which yeah. to me at the time. Seemed perfectly obvious and became increasingly obvious mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as the years went by. Um, so yeah, it was a strange yeah, There was a sort of faux uh, Euroscepticism. They were, they were all Euroscepticism. Sort of William yeah. Hague type Euroscepticism. Yeah, they were. Well, David Cameron's actually the best example. Right. You know, where all these questions were asked, but it was always qualified. You know, well, I am, but what you mean? We we in we in Europe, Europe, not going yeah, by. Ex- exactly. exactly. Sorry, <laughs> very good. Very good. Oh, so, yes. yeah. So that, that was that was, and and I lasted literally four years. I I, I was never really. Were you kicked out or did you leave? No, I left. I just right. didn't. I wasn't. You were really... ahead of me. You were ahead of me on that. Yeah, too. I was. I was recruited by uh, Ian Heppel, uh, okay. who was mayor of Hexham, uh, as a Tory, and I shared an office quite close to him. And he said, "You know, come and join." Uh, and I said, "Well, I'm not really a. I mean, there, there were." I mean, it's a broad church, isn't it? So he said, look, you know, I know you're a social Democrat, but you've got, if you've got clean fingernails, we'll take you, basically. That was the idea. <laughs> this, this was it. Uh, and it was sort of true. And I, so I, but I was always, I was never comfortable. I mean, it's very, very good. But at the time, I didn't really have a party nationally. That you I say couldn't...
0: you felt politically homeless. Yeah. I yeah. suspect that today there are millions of people across mm. this country who feel politically homeless. Oh, there are. Yeah. And, you know, We're in a
1: very, very strange situation, politically, really odd. Because what's happening, I mean, we'll we'll see what you think, but I I think what's happening is we're becoming a multi-party democracy by will of choice, because the people want it so. So you have, you know, lots of small parties and lots of other things. You have niche choices. Yeah, and and that's where the public want to go. But the system that we have doesn't offer the chance to to, to break through. It's a rigged system. You're stuck with the rigged the rigged system. And, and the
0: parties, by the way, the two parties, the, yeah. drew up the rules to rig it in all yeah. sorts of ways over yeah. the past 100 years. Yeah. They,
1: so you've got the duopoly, and it's, it's been very, very durable. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting fact that it's durable. There's something cultural going on there, partly, because, because a lot of Anglo countries are, uh, have two-party systems. Very interesting. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you can't remove one of the
0: dominant parties, but it's very rare. But the flip side, in return for the two parties mm. having a large almost 50% market share on average, mm. um, they, they had to be quite decentralized, they had to be quite open, they had to be quite grassroots-ish. Yeah. I would argue that the Labour Party centralizing control 20 years ago and the Tory Party starting to centralize control 10 years ago, mm. candidate selection, A-list, yeah, yeah. shortlist, yeah, yeah. more lines more to take, what, th- this is this is leading directly to the fragmentation Well, it's, it's made started. it worse because it's professionalised, and the, then you get opposite mean, ends. you, get, you get some low-grade SPIV parachuted yeah, into yeah, your yeah, seat yeah. who's done absolutely nothing but a bit of photocopying for a Tory MP in right. London, yeah, yeah. and you're expected to vote for them. That's all, that is all. that is a problem. But yeah. the, the, the bigger
1: problem is that it's resilient. I mean, obviously, and, and actually in, in political history, I'm ask you a question. Are you the... The candidate that's had the highest weight of votes behind them in political history.
0: <laughs> You've got three point eight million votes behind yeah. to get one seat. Well, the uh, SDP, you know, the SDP in nineteen eighty three okay, got twenty five percent. One in four people in the country voted for it, and you have got a measly little twenty three seats. That's correct. Yeah. I thought that was pretty bad until my until Len your party yours came was along.
1: worse. Yours is worse. Yeah.
0: We we yeah. got nearly four million. I, yeah. Let's let's round it up. Four, four million, million votes. Four million. Yeah. And a single MP. Yeah, now, terrible. to give you an idea of how ribbed the system was, mm. the parties had drawn up something called short money allocation. This is to use public yeah. money disgracefully yeah. Yeah, I to, to, to fund parties. Mm. So yeah. I, I ended up in this ridiculous situation where I was a single MP with nearly a million pounds a year of public money. Now, right. Naturally, I handed most of it back. Yeah, to I the, remember uh, you handed it back to the outrage of to the fury of certain people in my party. But mm. it's extraordinary. That's just, that brought it home to me, how the system is created well, that, by these two parties to feather their own nest. That's right. And, but the first time, and I,
1: I, I, perhaps you found out later, but I found out when I was 16. So in 80, 83, I worked on that campaign in Durham. I mean, yeah. you know, our candidate, David Stoke, I thought he'd win, he didn't win. He did a very, very good job. But he didn't win. We came second everywhere. Mm. And it was an outrage to, an eight, to a 16-year-old. I thought, you know, what is this about? And remember, the, it, us getting sort of 25 and a half percent. For the 23 seats. It was nothing compared to Labour getting an, uh, 1.5% more than mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. getting 210. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, ten, pretty much 10 times as many. Outrageous. So it's a resilient system, but it's odd, Douglas, because usually the, 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 the normal pattern its sort of designed when one party is, is struggling, the system gives it time to recover.
0: A pension? Yes.
1: But it gives it time to recover. That's a critical aspect of it. So when the Tories are, are, are in the gutter, you know, they. They're finished. They're knocked out, and it gives them time to. Recover. And likewise with labour, it, it doesn't, doesn't knock them out as entities. They stay as entities, and they have time to recover. And then you get Blair. To, so so that's, that's what. But this time,
0: this time they are both in trouble simultaneously. And very different. Roughly, at the moment, politics mm. is a four-party system with the four main parties. I know it's a little different in Scotland today, but it's roughly yeah. four main parties, each mm. on a quarter, 25, 25, 25, 25 yeah. Yeah. percent, roughly. Yeah. The danger is that the electoral system that so favours the two parties, mm. first past the post, which is so friendly to mm. the Tories and to Labour, mm. actually, when you get below 27 percent, something magical happens yeah. the other way.
1: Anything could happen. Yes, it could. It could.
0: But it's actually not. I mean, actually, no one. It could knows wipe e- out. It could wipe out one of the established parties. It could. Overnight. It,
1: it could. And actually, today we're speaking, aren't we, on the day that Labour changed their policy to being absolutely, let's go for a second referendum. Well, this could be broadcast in August, so, so we're probably, speaking. We're yes. speaking. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, well, brilliant, yes. Well, you can edit that then, <laughs> of course. So, so anyway, we, we find ourselves in a situation when uh, the Labour Party are, are, are rotating towards another referendum. Mm-hmm. And they will be toast. You, you know the East Midlands, the North West, the North yeah. the East. I mean, it just, it's completely misaligned. So, I don't know what we do with that. I think we, we are in trouble. I think PR is a massive part of, of the need
0: to change in order for the political system to be responsive you not only need to have what you don't have individual mps to feel vulnerable mm. too many of them come from safe seats mm. Mm. you also have to have a certain level of intelligence and political competence by the key decision makers at the top of the parties and i i genuinely think i'm not saying this to be insulting i genuinely yeah. think that some of those at the apex of the parties are just so bad at politics, possibly. Well, that, that they don't respond to what the voters want. Well, we've seen evidence
1: of that, haven't we? And that's that's interesting. So Are you, you talking
0: about the Breakaway Party? Or, well, the no, 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 I'm talking
1: now. Well, no, I'm not actually. I'm talking about the, the top of both major parties. Yeah. So yeah. what I would say, the position we're in now, a normal rotation. And again, people find it hard to remember what it was like way back and when. Mm-hmm. But you got to sort of look at a bit of history. So imagine the southern states of the United States, you know, Texas and so on, mm-hmm. being solidly Democrat. Hard to hard to to, to think of. They were. Mm -hmm. Imagine in the 1950s, uh, many, many seats in Strathclyde and Glasgow being solidly conservative. Mm -hmm. Unionist conservative. People can't can't imagine that now. I mean, they're they're not even on the map now because it's a tussle really between the Labour Party and the SNP. But you get political rotations uh, and they've got to be allowed to happen. Nothing is forever. Nothing is forever. And and people have to get their head round and actually a clever party gets ahead of the curve Mm -hmm. and understands the rotation and the dynamics Mm -hmm. and, and, and will ride it. The Tory Party this time—it's been very odd because it's all there. All they have to do is solidly honour the vote, go with the you know the, the the blue collar sentiment in the north. They'd take it, they'd have it, and they, so that's that's the rotation happening. But they seem uh, unable to do it. I suspect that's because the, the the parliamentary
0: Conservatives are just misaligned with their membership and their voters. That's do you think, or do you not think, there's a more profound, fundamental problem, and that is just the sheer ineptitude of most not all but most career politicians i, I talked earlier about the breakaway chakramuna party i don't know mm. what they call themselves now the, the, the um, one that broke away uh, a few months ago yeah. huge fan staggeringly
1: there. incompetent the the, yeah. the, 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 the yeah.
0: journalists and the broadcasters wrote them up as yeah. this wonderful thing you couldn't have got better coverage and mm. I, I know having been a candidate for a breakaway party yeah. the coverage that Muna's yeah. gang got was extraordinary, oh, extraordinary oh, positive. Yeah. Extraordinary worth a dozen Clacton and by-elections. The sentiment was there then, as well. And these mm. guys these guys mm. got away without with changing parties, without triggering a by election, got mm. all this positive mm. coverage. Mm. They were they were lionized by mm. the establishment broadcasters. And yet they fail to do basic, basic things like, like
1: get a name, get a name, get a logo, get a brand, get, not, get, get some sort of coherent and philosophy. These are
0: fundamental yeah. I know, I know. things. It's I a know. bit like running a supermarket but not knowing know. how to sh- stack shelves. I mean, boring, elementary, boring. elementary yeah, things. It's astonishing. Now, if people yeah. like this breakaway party that um, flopped, the Chakravrona gang. If if they are that catastrophically and monumentally useless at politics, at that, perhaps yeah. the whole lot, with a few exceptions, are just you know useless. Yeah. The, 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 well, I don't know.
1: I, we, I mean, I, one of the questions I like to ask people. I mean, people. I think there has been a change of quality in politics. There's no doubt. But it's it's not um, right the way through the system. So I one of our, the chairman of the SDP is that teaches uh, politics in Liverpool, and I, I I chat to him about it. And if you, t- my argument is, if you take a picture, if you look at Thatcher, uh, Thatcher's first cabinet, and look at the quality of the people in front of you, probably 10 or 12 of them could be prime minister. Because the quality went right the way back. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, and so I was saying, you know. So the quality at the top, is, and I, I think he agreed. I think we agree. Basically, the quality at the top isn't isn't what it was. But I mean, look. But he at, says look he, like he, it's he, hear me out, Douglas. This is very interesting. This because you may dispute this. He, he says, says that the, the quality, quality yeah, the average quality of, of MPs, is higher than it was in the fifties. Because in the fifties, you had you had you know giants at the top, and then you had all these uh, sort of knights of the shires that weren't particularly able, uh, and, and Labour Party people from you know. So so actually, he said that the average quality is. Probably higher, but there's there's a there's a quality problem at the top, and I think maybe that's right. Maybe that's where you are. They're all in, in that they're all basically, you know, went to the same university, think the same things, and they're sort of
0: you know they're, they're reasonably able. It, yeah, do you no, make what do you reckon? I mean, it depends what you mean by quality. I've no doubt. I've no doubt that on paper, mm. politicians today appear exceptionally capable. Mm. They'll have degrees coming out of their ears. Yeah. They will, um, you know, have have ticked all sorts of boxes but i think in terms of critical thinking in terms of the ability to determine one's own criteria for you know mm. what is right and what is wrong many of them i think are woeful. A, a, a yeah. basically third rate
1: yeah and there's very little there's very little um, independent thinking anyway oh, of course. so they you know the, the, the whip system adds to this and so on it's a problem i still i still, I still go, go back to, back to the the, the basic misalignment the thing that has to be cured that has, that has to be Dealt with is that the views in the out there in the real world in,
0: throughout the UK aren't represented over there, and
1: that's the that's the
0: challenge. Okay, so the SDP, founded in 1981, um, trying to break the mold of British politics, defeated by I would say probably the, system. the electoral system yeah, plus Margaret Thatcher. I suspect yeah. that Margaret Thatcher meant that 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 gap in the market was 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 eventually filled by.
1: Yeah, because this is long form, we can. T- I'll correct a couple of myths. So, not that one actually, but the, there was a myth, there's a widespread myth that the SDP split the left and let Thatcher in. Actually, on the data, that's not true. Mm-hmm. If you forced people that voted for the Social Democrats in the '80s to go one way, slightly more would have gone for Thatcher. So, the, the remember this is a, we're largely despised in parts of the Labour Party for being breakaway. So, this was the SDP was a, a critique of, of hard left. Well, a lot of the yeah. SDP members, far yeah. members,
0: were about to be deselected by the equivalent of momentum. Yeah, they were, yeah,
1: that was part of it, and that was a. But, but philosophically, it was a critique of hard left yeah. politics, um, and it took. And, and this is something that we we try and retain. Actually, we are centre left on economics, but it's a sort of it's it's the hard centre, if you like. It's the Owenite centre. It's distinct from from sort of split the difference liberalism in that sense. So. It's always had a streak, but it's, it is a, it's widespread. You see it repeated time and time again. So now, I think the, the electoral system primarily uh, prevented it from breaking the mould. If we were going to break the mould in the 80s, it had to be on the very first election. And after that, you get a very, very big tail effect. 81, famously we polled 50% in a national poll. but uh, Literally, from the moment we st- st- set up in the court rooms in, in 81, all of the macro picture was worse. So, the Tories were recovering, Mm -hmm. then you had the Falklands, so everything narrowed for us, Mm -hmm. and everything improved for the Conservatives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So literally, it was one of these situations where actually probably deep down, probably Owen in particular, knew that if they didn't crack it first time, it's very difficult. Talking. Is that leaf blowers? yeah yeah right did you want to read so no, we know we, we're on we can edit it can't you so um it's going live yeah
0: yeah <laughs> sure in, in, in Tucson yeah <laughs> um now what's your problem with liberalism you you have said yeah. on a number of occasions that you don't favour... Presumably you mean economic liberalism? No, both. Okay, why are you anti-liberalism?
1: Um, because I think liberalism of both species, both economic liberalism and, and social liberalism, is basically overstepped. That's the, the general argument. You've had 30 years of it, and you haven't had one or the other. you had both at the same time, and there have been consequences of that. And so we have to sort of unpick it and define it. So to take sort of economic liberalism, which is probably the... the, the species you're looking at particularly. Um, Globalisation has had winners and losers. Um, Who are the losers? Uh, Anyone making something in the West uh, whose factory has been closed down as a result of those jobs being exported to a, a cheaper producer elsewhere.
0: Has importing things from overseas
1: you think impoverished us? No, but there, there have been winners and losers. There have been consequences. I mean, the, the, there has been a deindustrialization in, in my region, for instance. But hang on, the,
0: the UK, UK industrial output is higher today than it's ever been. But not manufacturing.
1: That's, that's low. That's, Ma- so no, manufacturing
0: yeah. indicators in America. There's a lot of talk about deindustrialization in America. Mm-hmm. I looked at some stats this morning mm-hmm. showing that. In America, manufacturing output is three times higher than it was when Lyndon Johnson was in the White House, twice what it was when Ronald Reagan was in the White House. What's happened yeah. is that Americans are making vastly more manufactured stuff with fewer people working in manufacturing industry. That's yeah. not quite the same thing no, as No, it's not quite the same thing,
1: but in terms of a, an individual, it is. I mean, if you, you, you go to Philadelphia or Pittsburgh or the, the Rust Belt, you will see it, and you will see the, the consequences of some of those jobs going out and, and, and the, the communities there suffering as a result. So it's not been all sort of uh, all all pluses by any means at all. So there, there is this sense, there is this sense also, and it's it's partly a, a philosophical thing: is your state there, is your society there to serve global capital, or or is is global capital is is
0: there to serve your society? Do you shop in? Um, we
1: do you shop in Asda and supermarkets?
0: Most <laughs> of them, yeah, I do. Ah, yeah. but you can buy these amazing. You can, you can. You can buy these amazingly you, cheap things in. Power. You can, you can. But
1: to say it's had no consequences it? is not. No, I'm not saying you should stop it, but I'm saying to say there's been no consequences is wrong. The, oh, there have been consequences, but I think they've been been. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think they've all been benign. So that's the point. I don't think they've been all benign. And I think the, the. And again, one of the political problems that you've got now, and it's a serious one, is that is that there is a sense where elected politicians have outsourced their ability, their control, their hands on the levers to actually do something. So a very recent example is, is Scunthorpe, Steelworks, or you could say Port Talbot. Mm-hmm. Now the problem is that, that, that UK, politics, UK politicians don't have any control over that. Now if you're a, a, a very, very keen on globalization, you're a thoroughgoing global liberal, it's not really a problem, it doesn't really matter. And it becomes a problem where it becomes a political problem. What would you do where, differently? What well, you, you may you have... Well, actually, each, sta- each state... What I would say is that we need a little less strident on global liberalism. And, and states should have probably a... Not probably equivalent, but towards the sort of control they had in the, the Bretton Woods period, where they had states... And we still have very, very high levels of uh, rates of economic uh, growth. But states had slightly
0: more control... Over their domains. But take for oh, example, you, get, you get a pattern situation. But take for so example, a... Port Talbot steel. Mm-hmm. Would you impose tariffs on foreign steel? Would you require British home builders to use Port Talbot steel? What, what would you specifically the, do the, differently? Y- you
1: need you need poli- you need yeah. our elected politicians over there to have the ability. I'm not saying they would exercise. They may well do. They may, it depends what government you've got. Mm-hmm. The ability to say, this is, a, this is a reserved industry and we're going to keep that open. At the moment, they don't. They, they don't even have the ability to do that. And what I'm saying is that's a political problem. Because mm-hmm. To those that's voters in that town or that region, you yeah. go to. Uh, people wonder why the crisis of politics uh, is, is emerging. One of the reasons, that a, lot of, a lot of stuff has been outsourced. Now, on Europe, you'd probably agree with me that the outsourcing of power from national jurisdictions is a problem. All I'm saying on this one is that that's a problem in this domain as well. Because actually they pretty much go hand in hand. So when, when, when politicians you know say, well, I, don't ask me, Gov. It's, it, you, you have to, you know, the, the international rules say I can't do that. What I'm saying is that's now become insufficient after sort of 30 years of this. The public is, is saying, no, actually we want to elect someone that has the right to
0: say, I'm going to intervene, I'll keep that steelworks open. But it isn't they're a paradox. A state can be independent politically, making its own rules, deciding its own tax rates, and its own policies, mm. but at the same time interdependent in the sense that it imports and specializes in exchanges. And I would say the most successful states in history, Venice in the Middle Ages, Hong Kong in the 1950s and 60s, mm. Singapore, Japan from the end of the 19th century, China today, they're countries that have first of all asserted yeah, their independence. True. Yeah. And then become interdependent. And and well, I, it, well, are you not on the same side as those bureaucrats who say that no, the two are incom- incompatible? No, they're not
1: incompatible. One, I think I, I think the, the, the international system is a little bit too um, strident in saying that literally you can't intervene at all. So I mean, and it's very interesting people use the example of Singapore, which I know a little bit about. And yes, it practices free but it also has a very very social markety interventionist. It's not exactly uh, and, a, a great democracy. No, well, let's not go there out. now. But, but, but it's, it's, it's a highly successful, 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 state, that successful state, state that practices social market economics and in transport, education and, and housing. So, that, so that, when people use it as a cheer, cheerleader for total laissez-faire, it's just incorrect, it's mm-hmm. just category, error. it isn't like that at all. They do practice that, but they also have a sovereign wealth fund. So they're very interventionist. So, again, it's something that we, would, as Social Democrats, would... would uh, Assert is a good idea to have a strong, capable state to actually intervene in certain areas. But at my point is a democratic one because it's, if you're, and it's a point I try and make every time I'm interviewed, if you're a normal Portuguese, I mean, this is a fully integrated EZ uh, member state, you're, you might as well not have elections pretty much because all of the big things are taken off the table. Agree. And And they're taken off the table such that effectively the big macro
0: decisions are uh, uh, decided pre-politically. I mean, look at, look at Greece. It doesn't matter who you vote for in does Greece, it. the budget is rich and few in Berlin.
1: No, it, exactly. And so, so actually,
0: we are agreed on that.
1: So let's try and find some common ground there. So I'm saying, I'm saying that the political project that the EU represents does this, and it removes uh, any connection, any purchase that a normal voter would have mm-hmm. on politics. And I would say that that's okay if the things that were removed weren't political, but they are, see. I mean, the, you know, Industrial policy and immigration uh-huh. are, are political, fiscal policy, management policy are political. So you can't take them off the table and then say, well, it doesn't matter. Well, yes, it does matter.
0: Yeah. So that, so I think
1: I would say we've had 30 years of it. Yes, you've had reasonable economic growth. I mean, the, the, again, on the data, the cheerleaders, when the, economy, when the global economy is slightly more closed, you had higher growth rates in many states. Certainly, all of the West had higher growth rates than mm-hmm. we have now. Um, so I think a a little bit more flexibility is required uh, that enable individual states to make slightly more choices which suit them and suit their voters to a greater extent than they do now and I would say if you don't have that adaptation away from the laissez-faire world then you're going to have more and more uh, political crises uh, and again I would say the elites have to stop being tin-eared
0: about this. Do you think the rising mood of Political discontent mm. in the West. Do you think it's a consequence of economic hardship? Do you think it's driven by technology? What, what do you think drives it? I think um, in, the, in, in Europe, it, it's probably mainly driven,
1: not, I mean, I, I'd say about a th- if you're going to weight it a third, probably the economic stuff I'm talking about, but most of, most of it's cultural change. I think, I think the rate of cultural change, we don't know our neighbors. Mm. Uh, the composition of the country is changing very rapidly. We've had mass mm-hmm. immigration, very, very high levels of immigration under mm-hmm. under New Labour, and all of this is again, it's it's uh, states have to adapt to it. Uh, but it's it's had an effect on, on voters and people people. I'm not saying they would call time on it, but the rate of change, it might be wise to slow some of those things down. So on mass immigration is the UK. We you know some uh, it's difficult to collect the data actually, but uh, in some single uh, years you've had, you know, upwards of half a million people come, mm-hmm. and even you know, the, and the net and, and gross question, mm-hmm. but you have very, very uh, large. Mm-hmm. And it, it there could be a case to say, actually, let's just have slightly lower levels for a period mm-hmm. of time. You might have a ten-year uh, mass immigration pause. And see where you yeah. go. And again, it's we get so used to the the, the status quo, and again, the the liberal mm-hmm. elites uh, who, who, to whom the, these things suit get used to
0: it. And you can't imagine any other world until. The public demanded. Well, it. It's funny you say that. When I stood as a Conservative candidate in the 2005 election mm. in Clacton, I used in some of my election literature the phrase mass immigration, and I got really vilified for it. I, yes. I, not only, I didn't yes. just have left-wingers attacking me. Yeah. I had the Tory party head office phoning yeah. me up Very and sensitive. saying I shouldn't use that phrase. And I think, to myself, hang on. It's no, a perfectly legitimate phrase, mass immigration uh, There's no other way of describing it. And it's a perfectly legitimate political question, yeah. which can't be taken off the table. But this is why That's I the... think people are restless. Not, it's not so much immigration. I certainly don't think... I, I, I'm sorry, I just don't agree that the financial crisis was a big factor. Um, there's been no significant increase in economic hardship in the past 10 years. On the contrary, all the indicators suggest falling inequality and rising living standards and a, a, a huge availability of jobs. I think, I, I think the thing is, this is a revolt. Round about the time that everyone started to get broadband and get a mobile phone in their pocket, they're used to the idea of being able to access and control things. And they've clocked the fact that they're condescended and patronized by a political class that doesn't speak plainly about what the options are. And this is the root of the problem. Which is why someone like Trump comes along. Yes. Yeah. And he says things plainly, whether you like him or not. And enough yeah. people think, boy, that's refreshing. There has been a general uh, loss of faith in markets, or mm-hmm. well, certainly in
1: trusting markets to sort of regulate and look after themselves. But and and the and that is a that is a problem, and it, and it, it's a problem in this this relation between how you regulate things and how you don't. And it's interesting that uh, certainly on the banking side, the idea that you just leave them to get on with it and it'll be okay, mm-hmm. I would say, has been largely disproved on how well they're regulated. <laughs> Canada, in Canada, where you had higher tier one. Uh, banking requirements, didn't have a uh, financial crisis, Australia is exactly the same. Where there was this uh, complete uh, free-for-all, uh, you had a, a
0: it Is what I, I find so frustrating. I mean, I was a Tory MP at the time of the financial crisis and I did everything I could to oppose every single bailout of the banks. Mm. And I would again and again and again find myself having a de- debate with people on the left mm. who assumed that I was a Tory, therefore I must be on the side of the banks. and. Actually, as a free marketeer, I would argue the banks aren't free market capitalism.
1: No, they weren't. The pricing
0: that's, mechanism doesn't allocate capital in the economy. That's the root that's, cause. That's of the problem. true. But
1: I'm talking that you're talking about the cleaning up the blood. I'm talking about the cause of the, <laughs> the problem. Yeah, and the, and the cause was um, evidently in pockets in certain areas a lack of uh, substantial enough regulation. And I think we learned from that. Do you think it was a... Yes, it was on the banking side, yes. I mean, in, inadequate uh, capital adequacy, it was a problem. And, that, and banks will want to get away with what, whatever they can... I mean, it, Churchill's dictum don't trust the banks, very wise, in general, I think. Um, but, th- so that, but it did have an effect on people's trust. And then, and then the bailouts, of course, the public see this. And the rhetoric, whether it's right or wrong, will say... You bailed the, them out, and we have to pay the price. So and there's a lot of truth in that. And there's a lot of and truth Bankers in that, and, were rescued
0: and, from their own investment decisions.
1: Yes, and, I, and, and, you know, and the Social Democrats, we, we are very, very keen on uh, uh, you know, fiscal sense. But I think Osborne probably over-egged uh, austerity in the first two or three years, and may even admit it now. Do you think there's been austerity? Well, you, then you're going to say, well, it's it's the extent of bail, the extent of, uh,
0: of fiscal deficit. But by you, austerity, you mean a, the government reducing yeah. the social spending on social welfare programs? Yeah, exactly. And, and but has there the been government- a reduction?
1: Uh, the, over the, uh, you could you didn't need to go quite as hard as he went in the early stages. He could have. I know. I know. We had very very large deficits in your definition. I mean, no, he, no, some no, some, but, of, some of the no. deficits. Some of the deficits. Keynes would have blushed. So whether it's whether it's uh, you know balancing the budget across the cycle is fully debatable. I get that.
0: But do, but do you believe that Osborne reduced government spending on social welfare programs?
1: Not on social welfare, as a category, no, mm-hmm. no. But, but but actually, the it's it's the, uh, the the certain thumbs get stuck up and get, uh, stuck out and get get hit, and others don't. Actually, mm-hmm. flows like that are very very difficult to mm-hmm. to cut, particularly in a, a recession. What can what can and does get cut are capital spending. Uh, money
0: for local authorities, bus services, and so on, and all that got, got uh, caned. Okay. Um. Now, you and I are both um, not just Brexiteers, we were Brexiteers 20 years ago, long before it was oh fashionable. Long, long before it was yeah. fashionable. Um, are you surprised at the extent to which the political establishment, the intellectual elite, academics, broadcasters, bishops yes. have all gone out of their way to, in effect, try to negate the popular vote?
1: I, I have to admit that I am slightly surprised, and a lot of us have had to admit, I mean, you know, I'm 54 this year, and I'm not a child, but I was surprised at the extent of the reaction to the vote, mm-hmm. and uh, the SDP, we, in recharging it, we, we mm-hmm. had a look at our first principles and, and published the single the New Declaration, mm-hmm. and uh, pretty much the second line on it, it talks about the, the vehemence and scale. Of the reaction against the public vote, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd never, i have i seen people losing elections before and being not very happy, but I've never ever seen a, a reaction, a concerted reaction after the event mm-hmm. that I that I witnessed uh, on the day after. So I, 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 have to admit, I wasn't actually prepared for the vehemence of that, and and the problem for any Leave voter is that the Leave coalition is very very broad, but actually the core, uh, as you say, academic. Uh, um, broadcasting, media... Uh, Nexus. Yeah, business, elite. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all, you know, most, the vast majority think the same way. And so the reaction was concerted. And then and immediately, very skillfully, they introduced these ideas like hard Brexit and soft Brexit to sort of unpick it. So, um, no, I have to admit, I have to admit I've been quite surprised at the extent of it. And I, I also have to admit to being a, some, somewhat of a pessimist.
0: Has, has it shaken your confidence and faith in the people who run this country? Do you do you look and see the people at the state opening of Parliament and see them as a bunch of charlatans now?
1: I, it has changed my, uh, I don't think I, I had huge confidence before Douglas actually, but I know I, it's what has changed is a slightly, I, I, you know how many votes in the, not EU votes, but national votes concerning uh-huh. Maastricht and, and Lisbon and so on have been flipped or ignored. Or, uh-huh. So you, you either flip it uh, and just flat ignore it or maybe people vote again. And, and we had this sense here, and it was probably, I mean, it's proving to be false, which is that, well, oh, that's them, that's yeah. how you know, so they do it there. But actually, pretty much, we do it pretty much the same thing. And I, I, I have to say, I wish I had more confidence in the actual, the, the likelihood of a genuine Brexit. I don't, I'm afraid. I mean, despite all the things that are going on in the Tory party and all the things that could go on, I still think a brick wall will be hit sometime later on this year. Yeah. And I am skeptical about
0: uh, the ability of any government to.. I grew up believing that in this country there was an establishment, but that it was pretty porous and pretty pragmatic, Mm. and that it was run basically by well-meaning, wise people. Mm. And the past three years has just shattered shattered that view. Um, I see these people as monstrous charlatans who are on the public payroll in pursuit of their own vested interests. Mm, mm. And I I genuinely think we need, I'm not saying a a revolution, because that has all sorts of unpleasant connotations, Mm. but we need revolutionary change. I think most of the senior mandarins need to be kicked out. Most MPs need to be replaced. And many of the political parties, I think. No, I think that's true.
1: We certainly need change. I mean, this is long, long overdue. And if they don't deal with it, it will only get worse. So I don't think you deal with a a political crisis by not addressing it. So I think I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's got to happen. Yeah. But, um, yeah.
0: but it, it shakes my confidence in other things. For example, we like to think that the people who manage the currency at the Bank of England are yeah. competent. We like to think that the yeah. security services are run by decent, competent people. What if they're all phony charlatans too? Well, yeah, but let's go back to '08 again, q four oh eight. What happens if the people that allocate our
1: capital have are clueless <laughs> and have no idea what they're doing? Yeah. And again, to get back to... This, these are the questions
0: that I think have asked These are the questions, now. yeah, and
1: they're not being asked very well. And, 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 but it, but it's some of the assumptions, this is why I'm a Social Democrat and perhaps mm-hmm. you're, you're more of a liberal. I think some of the broad assumptions that if you just, you know, allow money to slosh around everywhere, it'll find the right place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm sceptical about that anyway. But the right place always happens to be well, the yeah, richer parts of West London for yeah, some reason. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, London's job is just being like Dubai. It's just, it's just, it is rich. I mean, it's just that's what its function is now. But... Um, no, but just allow money to slot around all over. But it generally gets misallocated. Mm. And actually, you're, it's easier to misallocate billions than it is to allocate... I, I completely agree with you
0: know, on that. I mean, today. as an Austrian economist, I would argue that there's been a catastrophic misallocation of, of credit. Mm. But I would say this is a consequence, not of the free market. It's a consequence mm. of putting... And you mentioned Bretton Woods earlier. Mm. I'd say mm. since Bretton Woods, we've mm. run our currency as a fair currency. Mm. And it's empowered basically central bankers and corporate banks to conjure credit out of nothing with yeah, all sorts yeah. of hideous consequences. Yeah, so are, which, are yeah I mean, credit out of nothing.
1: The Euro experiment is a good example of that, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because all of, ev- Virtually everything that happened to, to Ireland, uh, Portugal, Spain, and Greece mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was as a result of money sloshing in that really oughtn't to have been there. Now, I want to whiz through and ask you some questions. Yeah. Um, House of Lords, should yeah. we scrap it? Certainly scrap it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was, it was, um, y- you couldn't justify it 100 years ago. So <laughs> you can't justify it now that it's still hanging
0: around as a place of cronies, desperate. You know. You know, I discovered something the other day. I discovered that the Irish Home Rule Bill, which would have, I think, avoided a very nasty war in Ireland and possibly mm. a century of ill mm. feeling between our two countries, yeah. Yeah. was blocked by the House of Lords. Mm. I mean, that alone—that yeah. alone should have. We should have Let yes, us to get rid of them yes, straight away as a it. result, yeah, in yeah. 1923
1: probably. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't, I mean, I don't, I, it should be on the agenda, but it's not on the agenda. And against this resistance to change of the establishment and, and all the, the cronies. So, no, there's a no brainer there. The electoral system? Well, obviously the electoral system has to be fully proportional. How uh, would you do that? Uh, we, uh, as a party, the SDP, we're committed to a proportional system. We're, we're the next policy round, which will be in, in uh, January, we'll have a look at it in detail. I suspect, I'm just flying a kite here, I think. I think we will go for some sort of large constituency de Haunt system because I'd hate lists. You can't have lists. But I mean, you know, the way candidates, the selectorate system is bad enough as it is, but lists will be terrible. You've got to have a proportional system, you've got to have a connection with uh, physical geography. So, larger de Haunt actually probably is what we'd go for. But we'll wait and see. Get taxes, up or down? Uh, you need uh, slightly up, slightly up. Right, um, wrong answer. Yeah, Neil no, no, We'll see. <laughs> I mean, don't edit this out. No, I think the, the again, it's 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 a classic SDP critique of the two-party mm. system. You have what you do is we've had years and years of it. Every single Labour government's run out of money. They always spend too much, and yeah. it's a childish position. The well, same say the Tories and the, and the Tories uh, try to pull it down. I mean, so, well, Margaret Thatcher actually over the whole thing. Uh, didn't reduce the size of the state, which is again a lovely and an interesting. Because it's not
0: a proper functioning House of Commons. That's yeah,
1: why, well, for whatever reason. But I think our, in terms of aspirations, you've got uh, Corbynists who wanted it sort of. They yeah. want to print. They just money. want to print money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Modern monetary theory and all that. So but they they want the state at about France levels. You know, half of this. No, no, GDP. Uh, you know, government spending as a percentage GDP up at forty eight percent. Far too high. Tories always want a, the smallest state they can get away with. It. Many of them, uh, although it is a broad church. 33%? No, I think you need, actually, it's the virtually only thing we're split the difference on. About 41% is about right. Okay. And actually, by the way, the country can do without the wild oscillations. Much mm. easier to plan the health
0: service and other things if you know where you are. Should local voters be able to recall their MP if they don't like them?
1: Well, isn't that happening? I mean, you know, Only if
0: they're a crook convicted. If they're a crook, yeah. Um, but if you just don't like them?
1: Arbitr- I, let me think about that. I'm not sure about that. You could, I'm not sure. I think you have to have some stability, unless there's a reason. Stability? Well, otherwise you could have petitions constantly. How would they do it though? A spy petition or... Yeah. yeah.
0: But At any stage? Yeah. So you'd have constant by-elections. But until 1918, you had constant by-elections because you had to fight a by-election every time you were appointed I'm, to join the government. Yeah, why, sure. why, why should... Why should you... No, I think you probably have to have a reason. I the think... voter doesn't like you. Surely that's the reason. How many voters? Well... Yeah, if a significant number sign a petition, you, you, should, ha- have. you should have a by-election. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have thought it would be obvious.
1: Interesting um, idea. I don't... And I think there has to be a reason. I think you have to have... Um, I mean, it, presumably... You're sounding uh, very establishment now. No, right? I'm, no, I'm <laughs> just thinking this through, because think of it this way, Douglas. If there's a, let's say there's a two... There'd two, be Lord Cluston of no, the no, no, SDP, no, 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 and no, no, it has laws yeah. before the... Before no, the if, you, if, you, if you have a, 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 a blue-red marginal, let's say, 45 55%, mm-hmm. And the threshold is anything like 45. What's stopping the the losing? And we talk about losers' consent in the the, Mm -hmm. uh, EU election, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. referendum. You've got to have losers'
0: consent. Let me give you an example. So I don't know. I don't know. We've been talking a little bit about electoral history. Mm. 1997 in this country, Mm. Tories lose Winchester by two votes. Right. And they go to the courts. They complain, you get an infected, judicially sanctioned recall, a rerun of the election. And they get whacked. And they lose by 20,000. They do. That suggests to me that actually, even in a marginal seat that was split 50-50 between two parties, most voters understand this idea of loser's consent and fair's fair. Don't want to be Politicians again, don't tell that, yeah. but the people well, do. Well, maybe that will govern it. Maybe you're persuading me yeah. Um Open primaries. Would you allow everyone who lives in a constituency to have a say over who the candidate should be?
1: I think open primaries is an interesting idea. And, and you know, apart from one or two MPs that have used them, actually not so good. they in interesting the MPs. Practice, no, they're in... they're Boris, actually...
0: Boris Johnson, yeah. little known fact here. Boris Johnson was chosen to be the Tory candidate Brilliant. as mayor of London Brilliant. for open primaries. It's yeah. is the very first time a major yeah. party ever used it. Yeah. And look at the phenomenal success. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I know, no, I'm open-minded on that. It's not a bad idea. There are only two other cases where we, the Tory party used open primaries properly. One was... Sarah Wollaston. Sarah Wollaston got Totnes, it, yeah. right. interesting candidate. Yeah. And the other yeah. was Gosport, Caroline Dynage. And I would yeah. say, actually, Caroline, yeah. like them or, or dislike them. Yeah. No, Caroline and Sarah are actually colourful, pretty good MPs. Interesting MPs, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's possible too.
0: Good. Well, we're converting you slowly, slowly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bigger problem is cultural. <laughs> the, the cultural <laughs> questions
1: are the... the what, another thing we're trying to sort of kick against in, with the SCP is to try and address some of the overreach in... in um, just the silliness, the, the, the overreach in in uh, political correctness uh, to some extent. Um, Identity politics. The the, the Labour Party is mad on identity politics. And, and obsessed with it. And it's that, almost overtaken
0: Marxist ideology. It,
1: it's, it's absolutely terrible. And, it, and, it's, and it, what it does, and it, what they don't realise, is how destructive it is to, to the mm. wider society. And it's another. I think it is another form of liberalism uh, uh, you know, of, of a type. Surely because, it's anti liberalism. I don't know, it is. A liberal defines you as an individual. Yeah, but it is concerned with the individual. It is concerned it's with not. the It's not. It's saying the, individual, you're, the individual's it's, characteristics are
0: opposed to. It, it's saying you're not an individual, you are a woman, or you are a man, no, or you are about, heterosexual, or you are homosexual. It's,
1: but it's also about me, it's also about my characteristics. It's individual. Instead, You're saying it's
0: narcissistic.
1: It's very narcissistic. And it, what it does is, it, it, if you hammer difference all, all the time, literally bang, 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 I'm different to you because of, the, you know, because of this or that, then you lose the whole idea of, of, of common purpose and, and, and what unifies people.
0: And, also, and it's utterly, utterly uh, uh, poisonous. If you define yourself it's in fun. terms of things about you that you cannot change, you well, create the, a hierarchical caste system. In they're
1: it. the least interesting things about people, actually, yeah. in reality. But yes, and all, you know, on campuses. I mean, it's just, it, it, you know, the, the idea that, I think you went to UEA, didn't you? But UEA, my, my youngest goes there. All they, the best they, people go all there. All the best people. It's wonderful. But they, you know, they, 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 they actually have banned sombreros. Why? Because it's cultural appropriation, apparently. It's absurd. I mean, oh. you'd, have to prove, you'd have to prove Mexican uh, lineage or something to be able to wear one. There's no joke. I'm <laughs> spiked to talk about Craziness, you know. So well, hang of that on, stuff. hang
0: on, hang on. Didn't the Mexicans nick it off the Spanish? Probably. I mean, what's that? That's cultural to, appropriation. Yeah, you'd have to. <laughs> and it's, you know, aren't we doing it all the time? In umbrellas, aren't umbrellas it's crazy? Umbrellas it's crazy. came to this country via yeah. an Italian from China.
1: Yeah, and and, and it's all, all of this is. We need to call the high watermark on this and pull it back. Mm, uh, mm. And it's again, the, the
0: Labour Party love it, but we despise, absolutely despise it. It's mm. Terrible. So, come the next election, mm. which. I suspect maybe sooner rather than later. I don't. Do you not? No, I, don't, I think it depends where you think we are. Um,
1: it could be. I mean, I, I, it would be unhelpful to us as a, a fast growing emerging party if it were very quick. Um, but I don't think we're, I think we're more 70s. I think, I think we're late 70s, lived at lab uh, packed Callahan type environment. In that, Do I you think, think that a new I, prime
0: minister can go for two years without a majority? Um, well, it's happened before.
1: Brown did that. I mean, they—they. They, it, 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 I just don't think it's safe to call an election. I think, and I think the fact that it may have the polls show a sort of four-party uh, environment. But, it, I, mm. I just—I honestly—and particularly after what happened to May uh, in, you know, with her uh, ill-advised timing, certainly and ill-advised length. Of yeah, that, but that was because so, it was. Yeah. Theresa May, uh, the most useless yeah, party a leader camp, in British terrible, history. Terrible, campaigner. And uh, she stood in North West Durham as well. Have a look at the... Didn't do too well. But uh, no, I, Did I, I you
0: do da- better than her?
1: I did. Yes. Yeah. Signific- <laughs> they are, yeah, are not... Maybe not that true. should be the key test. Uh, yeah. Before
0: you want a party leader, make them stand yeah, there. Yeah,
1: yeah. Tim Farron uh, stood there as well, actually, and, uh, as a Liberal. No, I think... I just don't think it's safe to... Uh, did I, you do better than him? I didn't stand against him, so it's not a, a, fair, a fair comparison, uh, okay. but... Yeah, no, I, but I, I don't think it's a, an environment which any uh, prime minister is going to say, yes, let's go. Don't you
0: think it's likely that we leave the European Union and pretty soon afterwards the general election is called? That would be my best guess. If we left the European Union successfully, genuinely, not in some sort of phony
1: way, then uh, a, a, a Johnson premiership could, yes, he could test it then, but I, I, I just can't. I mean, and certainly um, the instinct of, of sitting MPs would be to re- to resist, uh, uh, you know, going going to the, the public if they if they if they thought they were going to lose their seats. So I I, and I know that generally people, I mean, I'm in a minority. I've, I've virtually everyone I speak to about it, everyone seems to be convinced we're going to have an election this year. I don't see it. I mean, it could.
0: Do you, Do you think we'll still be in the European Union in a year's time?
1: Yes. Yeah, I think the my view is a pessimistic one from the point of view of a, a sceptic. I think. I mean, if you if you can't leave the European Union after having a, a a referendum, how can you? But it's been proved that we can't. We're still in, and it doesn't seem to occur to people that we're still in. Um, the other thing that's uh, sort of busted flush is that the European Union will give you an extension on, on status quo terms. We have a full. That's just a general election. Well, they, I'm not sure that it sort of suits them. You see, I mean, I don't know. I am not sure. They if you said, well, we still can't get our stuff together. Will you just give us another six months, nine as They do it. I mean, you know, you think if, they will. I think they will. Yeah, I think that's the one thing that they've shown. I mean, they showed, remember, they showed their hand Mm. in giving the extension Mm. and then granting, you know, so you've got.
0: But surely this puts you in business. I mean, if if you get a Tory prime minister who goes for a six month extension, Mm. it's bye bye Tory party. Bye bye. Um, You've got the Brexit party breathing down their neck. Mm. This creates space for you, doesn't it?
1: A great space, and I think the greatest space actually is on people forget you know people talk about brexit being a a, a right thing it's not I mean five million people on the left voted for it, mm-hmm. and certainly East midlands, northwest North northeast mm-hmm. uh, the Labour Party in in, in in pursuing an active policy of having another referendum it's 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 uh, dishonoring that entire vote it obviously mm-hmm. doesn't want them mm-hmm. uh, and again it's a bit like the Tory party they, they the people that run the Labour Party are liberal metropolitans mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they have contempt, I mean, the, you know, the, the, the core traditional Labour voter is like an embarrassing uh, relative mm-hmm, to them.
0: Mm-hmm. And they
1: are potentially uh, SDP voters, social democrats. You think
0: they're the key people
1: to get there? Probably, a, they're certainly a very, very key constituency if you look yeah. at our programme. Mm-hmm, I mean, again, yeah. people talk about the gap in, in British politics, what is it technically? And actually, mm-hmm. the, the experts, Matt Goodwin and David Goodhart and people that look at it, look at the demographics will tell you that the whether you call it the sort of you know the um you know left conservatism Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. blue labor or or red tory or we we just call it social democracy of our type Mm
0: -hmm. that is
1: the gap in 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 the market Mm -hmm. in british politics Mm -hmm. the people are crying out for um not not very far left but some um council house building uh some uh A state that actually intervenes to help out Mm -hmm. to some degree Mm -hmm. Um, and they also want a degree of social conservatism someone will speak up for the family Mm -hmm. someone that is prepared to say that immigration has been too high Mm -hmm. and that combination of what people would say left and or you know red and blue Mm -hmm. is a very interesting combination it's a combination which the social democrats have, have cornered no one else is going to do it by the way i mean you can have think tanks you can have uh, Morris Glasman and Blue Labour. I was going to Glass- say it's rather like Morris. I love Morris's stuff. I mean, there's a very, there's a, a very, a lot of that uh, overlaps with what we're doing. A huge mm-hmm. amount. There are mm-hmm. slight differences, but the, but basically that's the programme. Mm-hmm. That you can't deliver that in the Labour Party.
0: I would have thought also unheard the the website. Quite a lot of opinion and commentators and people behind that. They're on there, I love unheard. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: They, I mean, I, I agree with ninety percent of the output from unheard. So no, I think there is a gap, and it's an interesting gap. And it's, it's, but it's on the other hand, it's easier to get the philosophy right than it is to get momentum out there in the in the real world. And
0: will you stand in North West Durham in the next election?
1: No. Where will you stand? Probably Hexham.
0: Fantastic. We'll see.
1: Is it is it a Tory held seat? Tory. Tory health seat. But we'll see, it's where I live. I mean it's I think I think by and large people should stand where they live and where they I mean I've lived there for twenty five years and um yeah, it's a logical place, but we'll have to watch this space.
0: There might be an open primary to it, choose a Yes. Might be. I <laughs> might and challenge yes, <laughs> I know. Should <laughs> I come and challenge you? no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. After what happened last time. Yeah. I'm 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 um Politically homeless, but I shall watch with great interest watch and interest. I wish you all the best. Thank, thank, you. thank you for coming in. Cheers. Thank nice